Thanks to Harry's for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, and shave gel. Go to harrys.com. It's Thursday, November 16th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, all the way from Dubai, from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You had quite a travel day yesterday. I did. It was a long day coming home. <laughs> Thanks for making the effort. Well, I wouldn't miss it. And I think it's safe to say that uh, given your messed up body clock, at any moment, this thing could just completely go off the rails. I, I assume I'll be falling asleep during one of your questions. This is going to be great. It's just going to be great. Well, we got earnings news, we've got retail, we've got food earnings. We're going to dip into the full mailbag. We've got to start with Walmart, though. Holy cow. Shares of Walmart up 8%. This is like a a small cap stock. It's hitting an all time high off of their third quarter results. E commerce sales were up 50%, and this is the 13th straight quarter of positive same store sales. And Doug McMillan is getting it done at Walmart. Yeah, I think you've highlighted what is the possible explanation for the stock price being up 8%. That 50% increase in online sales is by far the most. Interesting number that uh, that's out there. The rest of the story is positive, uh, continues to be positive, but is in the range of you know two percent, three percent moves—the kind of thing you would expect for a, a massive company. Uh, its uh, comp sales are up two point seven percent. That's uh, you know a little bit better than inflation. So nothing really amazing there, but but that fifty percent online is. If if that online shopping ever takes off, I think they'll be in good shape. <laughs> yeah, they just need that trend to continue. If people would just wake up and start buying things online, they might be in the right place. Well, it's interesting because they, for a long time, they had their own e-commerce operation, and they would report. They would frequently report double-digit increases in online sales, and and what you'd hear all the time is, "Well, that's off of a really small base. That's off of a really small base." And McMillan. Went out and bought Jet.com, and apparently is making that work really well because it's no longer off a small base, and fifty percent is an enormous number. Yeah, and as uh, he pointed out, McMillan in the conference call following the release of the earnings, that most of the fifty percent increase was through Walmart. Walmart.com rather than Jet.com, which is doing Jet.com also doing well, but uh, it's the Walmart.com side of things that's that's fueling the the growth right now, which is good news. They've got about seventy million things they sell there, which seems about that kind of comprehensive, I guess. Uh, and they're they're in position to survive. One of the few in retail that seem to be. Uh, thriving these days, other than Amazon. Well, Amazon shares are up about fifty-one percent year to date. Shares in Walmart, with this rise today, they're up forty-one percent year to date. And I'm wondering what you see when you look at the stock in terms of how expensive it may or may not be, because one of the things that always gets said about Amazon is like, well, you know, e-commerce as a percentage of overall commerce is still very small, maybe about 10% globally. So, Amazon still has a long way to go, a lot of runway. And by that rationale, doesn't Walmart as well? 
Uh, yeah, certainly in the online space, to be able to compete uh, at all with Amazon puts them ahead of so many others out there. And of course, given the great logistics operations that they've always had, they're in better uh, position to do it profitably rather than just throw money at, at survival. So, in terms of the valuation today, going for about 21 times next year's profits, uh, it's no bargain. But what is in in today's market? It's not not excessively priced given given its position. Um, but I, yeah, 40% rise uh, so far this year, 21 times forward earnings. I think that uh, you know it's. It's it's uh, had a great year, and uh, that is already being appreciated and appreciated further by the market. J.M. Smucker's second quarter profits rose ten percent, and that is basically what shares of Smucker's are doing today as well. That's that's a hell of a pop for a food company. It's a pop, but this is a time when it's worth remembering. Just well, why is the stock price where it is? Is this? This is not hitting an all-time high, you know, like like Walmart. It's up ten percent today, but uh, this is just not even getting it close to its all-time highs, which were back around um, middle of last year. It was trading for one hundred fifty-five dollars a share, got down to multi-year lows earlier this month, uh, about a hundred bucks a share. It's now one fifteen. So yeah, what what is in the numbers today that's fueling that? Um, just sort of a return to profit. It's not that they weren't profitable; they're just slightly more profitable than people were fearing. It is a you know, consumer staple company, the largest uh, coffee seller in the world, uh, better known for its jams and jellies, uh, which the company's named after. Uh, but it's a huge coffee and and pet food uh, company as well. So, do you think they? Need to go the route of a of a Procter and Gamble and start to maybe get smaller. Would it make sense for them to shed some of their brands, or or have they just sort of hit a rough patch recently and they just need to ride it out? Well, everybody in consumer staples uh, has hit a rough patch. Is is one part of the story there? They've been an acquisitive company and they've done a good job. At it, they're fairly insular. They're still run by the Smucker family, uh, and over the long term, this has been a very, very good performing company. Uh, but it has been a tough year for consumer staples of all sorts, and they're still down for the year. Really, haven't returned much in the in the way of stock performance over the last three years. But you know, packaged foods of Whereas the market has been up 10% a year over the past five years, packaged foods are up 5%. Smuckers just a little bit under that. They're they're not differentiating themselves from the the greater trend. I guess is one way to look at it. Did you know that they have a store? They have their own branded Smuckers store in Ohio, which I'm just assuming is where the company was founded. Because I can't. Is it in Orville? It is in Orville, Ohio. Is yeah. That, is that where they're headquartered? Yeah. Okay. That I'm assuming that is the only reason that they would have a store because I don't I, and I'm I say this as a consumer of their products, but there's no there's no <laughs> real need to roll out more than one of those things. 
Uh, no, I did not know that. I assume that it is sort of the home of the original business, more or less. Uh, that that uh, that's why they're still uh, corporately located in Orville, and they've got a store there. Uh, but it, it's it, you know it, it really wasn't a great quarter. It was just better than better than expected uh, as of earlier this month. Net sales are up only one percent. That's not even keeping up with inflation. Uh, food costs have uh, in in many categories gone down, uh, so that that is limiting the amount that you can charge uh, and the price increases that can be taken. Um, but as I say, they're they're a good company operating in a space that has not been favored by macroeconomic trends. So this is not like the RV industry. No, and no, food very different from RVs. For those that are confused about the two, I wasn't confused. Here's Don't go out eating RVs, is my advice, or trying to drive peanut butter. That's neither will serve you well. You're not getting insights like that on Bloomberg. No, you're only getting them here. No, where I was going with this was you've studied the RV industry and you've been to Elkhart, Indiana, which is. The home of the RV industry, home of the RV Hall of Fame. I'm just wondering if, at any point, your travels as a working portfolio manager and analyst are going to take you somewhere close to Orville, Ohio, because a little boots on the ground research about what they're offering at the cafe would be great. One can only hope that my <laughs> travels will take me someday to Orville, Ohio, but I don't know when that will be. I, you know, I think being a it. So the fund, the domestic fund we run is called the Great America Fund. I mean, what? How many brands are there that are that scream out "Great America" more than Smuckers? I mean, this is an American iconic brand. It is, and they make legitimately good stuff. Yeah, that everybody uh, should be eating. They, their favorite product of yours, I assume, is the Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Uh, I mean, I'm always partial to the Dunkin' Donuts coffee, but uh, but I just I just go straight to the store, the right. source across the. Well, you're not helping Smuckers out when you do that, because <laughs> they they only get the uh, slice of the uh, the brand. The you know, if you go to the grocery store, you ever you ever make your own coffee? Uh, I do. It is um, it is so the, for whatever reason, the Dunkin' Donuts coffee, the hot coffee, not as popular uh, with the person in my home to whom I'm related by marriage. Really? Yeah. So I have to just uh, leave the Is house. Is that an to go issue? Get... It's not an issue because that's that's as we've talked about before. There are there are <laughs> there are battles that you're willing to have in your relationships, and then there are ones where you go, you know what? I'm going to let that go. So what what brand of uh, packaged coffee are you having at home? Uh, sometimes it's Starbucks. Sometimes it's Pete's. Uh, sometimes it's uh, I don't know. Smuckers does Folgers as well. If you're I'm not, I'm not, nah, doing, not doing a little, little too classy for that. I'm a I'm That's, a lo- loyal customer of of their jam though. Yeah, love the jam. Okay, Jif. Sure. Yeah. If you had pets, would you buy some of the, their branded pet foods? Are they paying you to like, try and drum <laughs> up business for them? Because that's that's where this conversation is going right now. Um, before we get to more earnings, I want to say thanks. To our friends at Harry's for supporting today's episode of Market Foolery. Uh, I've been using Harry's products for years. I love it. It's the smoothest shave I've ever had. And Harry's is so confident that you'll love their blades. They're giving you their trial set for free. You just cover the $3 in shipping. I mean, speaking of grocery stores, you go to the grocery store. Good luck trying to buy razors just quickly and easily at the grocery store because razors are so expensive there that you have to like. Go and get a permission slip. And they basically keep them in a vault. You have behind, to take behind. out a loan. 
in some cases. I think that's why they have a bank inside the uh, the giant grocery store up here on Duke Street. And yet, Harry's, you're arguing, charges charges a reasonable pl- price for their razors. As I've said before, it's like Warren Buffett says he likes to he likes to find great companies at a good price. This is a great shave at a good price, uh, and they make it easy. They ship it right to your door. So stop messing around with whatever you're currently using with your shaving. You got one face, treat it right, get started shaving with a free trial set that includes a razor handle, five-blade cartridge and shave gel, a $13 value for free. Just cover the shipping. Go to harrys.com/fool. That's harrys.com/fool. We talked about Walmart and their results and their stock pop, but that pales in comparison to the retail behemoth now that is RH and I don't know when Restoration Hardware formally changed the name of the parent company to RH, but it's now RH. And uh, they raised their guidance. I guess they didn't report earnings results. They raised their guidance, and shares of RH are up 23%. How much did they raise their guidance? And how well is this membership model working? Because that, that appears to be working much better than a lot of skeptics, myself included, thought it would. Yeah. So, all right. What's going on today is they are having an investor day in uh, Palm Beach, and so in order to roll out the story that they are going to present uh, in more detail, they have to release or have chosen to release the good news of of the quarter they're currently in, and and they're increasing their fiscal guidance, and so they're just going to be able to roll out a show that's all positive. And it's been a bumpy ride for Restoration Hardware and or RH shareholders uh, over the last several years, but not this year. It's uh, quadrupled. So, it's up 25% today. Nice. Uh, but it's it's now $100 stock started the year at about 25 when it was knocking on death's door. That's amazing. Right. So, what they're talking about today is that uh, a lot of it's got to do not just with growth, which there are talking about and they are enjoying currently, uh, but also a much more efficient, efficiently run business. And so, the press release is loaded with um, uh, mentions of, of how much uh, efficiency they are uh, implementing in their operations. And they're buying back shares, and they're raising their guidance, and they're raising their comp guidance, and it's just kind of Everything uh, is a good story for them today. Do you remember when they changed their name? Because I, I, I remember Coach changing their name to Tapestry. But yeah. as we were talking about earlier today, they were probably due for a name change because if you've ever actually been into a restoration hardware, the name itself does not really lend itself to what is happening inside that store. No, there's not a lot of hardware going on there. Yeah. Uh, if you go in there and you say, I'd like, you know, Hammer or chainsaw, whatever. Wrenches. Wrenches. Paint. Pliers. You go to Ace Hardware, they got a lot of hardware. I'm going to need some nails today. <laughs> Sorry. You know? We don't have that. RH is like, look at the, look, you know, look at the name. We, we, we're RH. Uh, and yeah. also, not, not a lot of restoration happening. Right. But. Like, why is there all these leather couches here? When all I want is you know some some plumbing equipment. I've got my grandmother's uh, chest of drawers, and uh, can you restore that for me? No, we don't. Do no, that. we don't do anything that has anything to do with our name. And and enough of these 
uh, occurred that and people said, why don't you just change your name to something sensible like RH? There you go. And eventually management cratered and uh, and is done. Like, you know, we don't sell any fools here. No. No. No, nobody knows what we do. You're saying we need a name change. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying we're in that category of companies. That, I don't know. Amazon doesn't take take you down to the Amazon or anything. But uh, not yet. Not yet. Uh, but the, getting back to the story of what's going on here, they are continuing to open stores in and some pretty high profile locations, and they are doing one of the things that you like best. They're adding hospitality, food and beverage into their stores. I love it when retailers do that. Yeah, like the Urban Outfitters thing yeah. and now RH because like instead of going in and just buying a sofa, you can get a, a, a beverage or some food, I guess. You know what? Their stock's up today and they're yeah. they're having a great year. So they are taking the victory laps it today. Is, it is not it is not like uh, L Brands, which also reported uh, the parent company of Victoria's Secret and Bed Bath or Bath and Body Works. Um, where they, among other things, L Brands continues to struggle with the fact that they are largely anchored to malls, and traffic at malls is down, and therefore, not surprisingly, same store sales at Victoria's Secret falling four percent. Yeah, it is continuing to be tough times for Victoria's Secret. Part of that decline is explained by their. Elimination of uh, swimwear and uh, clothing from from their offerings, and they've they've focused more just strictly on the lingerie, and so uh, down four percent. About two percent of that is explained by the categories that they eliminated, but down four percent comps, uh, which uh, is a little bit better than how the first two quarters of the year went. uh, But year to date, they're down eleven percent for the whole year. So. Last quarter is a little bit better, but it's been a tough year. And Bath and Body Works getting it done, <laughs> are they? Uh, so Bath and Body Works four uh, percent increase. Uh, so people are buying more and more of the candles and whatever else they sell. You know what? Sell there. Here's the thing: if you're Bath and Body Works and you're selling candles, which last time I looked. That technology really hasn't changed in the last, I don't know, few hundred years, other than the scented candles. And they've clearly doubled down on that and tripled down. But when you're selling candles at $27 a pop, you damn well better have some great profit margins. Because I can't imagine, I can't imagine that they're selling those things at a loss. You're appalled by their candle selection. Much We've like, talked about this. Much like Mondelez and the just running rampant with Oreo flavors, someone, someone in the whoever's heading up the candle section at Bath and Body Works clearly had some level of success, must have amazing gross margins, and therefore said, "You know what? I get to do whatever I want. You can't mess with me because I've got the best margins in this entire business, and so I'm just going to make whatever scent I want." It doesn't even have to make sense, and that's absolutely what's going on when you look at peppered suede. Peppered suede makes no sense to you. You claim. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Pep- Again, this is an actual scent. There's a scented candle on the Bath and Body Works website that someone could go buy if they apparently hate money and just want to light their money on fire. For twenty-seven dollars, you can get something that is 
called peppered suede. You've never been in the position of, of finding some suede and thinking what this needs is a little pepper on it. Yes. Well, see, you you are apparently not their uh, customer because they've got that. I would I would bet that that if you really took the time, the hours necessary to scroll through all the candles that they have, I bet it's not even one of their top three most illogical scents. I I bet it's I, I I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go top five in terms of insane. What is this? I mean, it's one thing to be like vanilla. Okay, I, and and then they match vanilla with something. It's like, oh, it's vanilla cherry. Well, at least I know what that is. Peppered suede? Are you kidding me? That's again. It's just the. It's just power run amok at Bath and Body Works. Power unchecked. How about bourbon butterscotch? Would you would you allow that to be lit in in your house? I might have to buy one of those. <laughs> See, they've got something for everybody. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, before we get to the mailbag, I got to say one thing about Papa John's, which is back in the news. And, we, and I think the last time you were in the studio, we were talking about Papa John's. How about this? Okay. Frozen Lake. That, oh, <laughs> gosh. That's again. At least have one of the words in the scent make sense. Frozen Lake. Frozen Lake. Um, last time you were here, we it talk- makes no sense because you, you set yeah. a frozen lake on fire. First of all, it's not going to burn very well. Not very, not for very long. You just got some lukewarm water at that point, and yeah. he wants to smell that. Yeah, that's no good. Uh, last time you were here, we talked about Papa John's and their quarterly earnings, where uh, John Schneider, who's the the CEO, uh, right out of the gate blamed the NFL for Papa John's bad quarter. And um, I'm guessing there's been a little bit of blowback over the last couple of weeks because he came out the other day and apologized for being divisive. That was his word. He apologized for being divisive over the NFL protests and saying, well, well of course players have the right to protest. And, and I just sort of looked at that, and I, here's what went through my mind. Uh, well, a couple things went through my mind. One was, wow. You must have had a really bad two weeks of business. You must have, like there must have been serious blowback, and they must have done a bunch of channel checks in terms of, okay, how are things going? And got some really bad news because he strikes me as a, a pretty confident business leader. So I don't think he comes out necessarily and makes this apology unless sales, since they reported earnings, have taken a significant dip. But the other thing is, whatever you think of the NFL protests, and I've I've heard very intelligent people that I respect on both sides of that issue, whatever you think of that, that to me is separate from the investing standpoint, regardless of what you think of the NFL protest issue. The fact of the matter is, for investors, he came out and blamed the NFL and their leadership for a bad quarter. And that's just... Among other things, that's just stupid and yeah. and inconsistent because I can't recall Papa John's ever reporting a blowout quarter and saying, "Well, right out of the gate, we got to give all the credit in the world to Roger Goodell and the people at the NFL because they're the reason our pizza sales are through the roof." Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that it is obviously a, a, a series of bad messaging moments for the company, which culminated in their being anointed the pizza of the alt-right uh, when yes. 
this the stance or not stance they took it really so the the benign version of this is they've got quarterly results to report and guidance to give and they say well we've got uh, you know, we we need to bring down our guidance. We've dedicated a lot of money in the marketing to the NFL, and, and ratings are down, and 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 that's going to hurt the the guidance that we can provide. And they didn't provide that narrative in a very effective way, you know, by sort of getting hostile uh, to the NFL and blaming the NFL rather than saying this is you know this is. A cyclical thing. Sometimes your your ads are in the right place where the eyeballs are, and sometimes they're not. And we'll you know fine tune. We'll get it right rather than saying, "Well, I blame the NFL for failing to squash this controversy." Um, having seemed to learn that the consequences of looking like you're siding with the those that want the players to just shut up and play ball and you know stop whining. So that that crowd, uh, you know, got them what what the rewards for that were were all right coming out and saying Papa John's is now the pizza that we endorse, which is not an endorsement that I think you want, and that is at least as much uh, of getting ahead of that and squashing that narrative before it t- gets any legs, uh, because that is not what you want your brand associated with. No, absolutely, and they and they tweeted out, you know, we're we're looking to continue this conversation, and we'll take advice from anyone except for, and and this is directly from their quote, except for neo Nazis. <laughs> um, but again, I, I just look at the last two weeks and what's transpired, and one of my thoughts from the investing standpoint is, if there were a roulette table and I could take my chips and I could put them on a couple of of squares to bet on, here's what I'm betting on. Their next earnings report is early 2018. I'm taking half my chips and I'm putting them on the square that says, at some point before that earnings report, they're going to cut guidance. And I'm taking the rest of my chips and putting them on the square that says, they're going to report falling comps. And I feel pretty confident about winning one or both of those spins. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, they'll go out and they'll spend their money in some other places which are less controversial. I'm sure they didn't expect you know, advertising on the NFL to be controversial, uh, but there are plenty of other sports that uh, are willing to take their dollars. Yes. Um, and I think that this this will turn out to be a blip, uh, because they've been a pretty pretty well-run company, pretty efficiently managed, and they've, they've done a very good job at extending their online operations to Increase the comps, uh, just make it more efficient, easier for people. Sort of one-touch uh, ordering of pizza, uh, and and that over the long term is going to be more meaningful, I think, than uh, today's controversy. As long as they play their cards better uh, yeah. than than they have. Well, and just over the last few years, there are there are great examples in this exact industry of CEOs coming out and messaging in a really confident. Positive way, and I'm thinking of Patrick Doyle at Domino's Pizza when he took over and coming out and saying, "You know why people aren't buying our pizza? Our pizza isn't very good, and we've heard what you've said, and we're going to work on making it better." And Ron Shake at Panera a few years back, where he said, "Yeah, uh, we've we've looked around and we've come to realize that the experience inside our Panera locations is like a mosh pit, and we're going to do what we can to make that better." Um, so anyway. 
Our email address, marketfoolery at fool.com, from Greg Potts in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, he sent a link to a story uh, about Oreo flavored candy canes, which are now hitting stores just in time for the holidays. And Greg simply wrote, I hope this is fake news. So do I, but it appears to be yet another money grab by the people at Mondelez who just said, "Sure, we'll license Oreos. It doesn't, you know, we'll license the Oreo name and likeness, and it doesn't matter what how terrible these candy canes taste." Well, that's one interpretation. Another <laughs> is that they're responding to the pent up demand for pepper uh, for candy canes that taste like Oreos, which seems, uh, you know, equally plausible. We're, you know, what we are, we are, I'm going to say six to twelve months away. From a peppered suede Oreo. Your kids have never come home and said, "Dad, when are when are you going to bring home some candy canes that taste like Oreos?" No, no. Why are you <laughs> Why are you depriving us of the uh, the joys that other kids get to experience? My kids are used to me disappointing them, so that's that's fine. <laughs> now this um, may be off topic. Oh. <laughs> But in going through the Bath and Body Works candles, I find that they have both frankincense and myrrh. Really? Yes. So if you've always wondered what those things smell like, and I'm pretty sure you have, now is the time that you can set fire to them and find out what it what it smells like. Uh, well, myrrh is a bitter perfume, or so the song goes. So, uh, so I'm I don't know that that's necessarily going to smell all that great. But the frankincense, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you can either now go... I can shell out fifty four dollars to buy two of those <laughs> candles. Uh, speaking of the holidays, as we were off topic, uh, another bonus episode of Market Foolery is coming, and it will have a holiday theme to it. The last episode, for those who missed it, you can still go back on iTunes or Stitcher or marketfoolery.com. September thirtieth was the date of the episode, the bonus episode that Bill and Roger Friedman and I did. And if you've got uh, an hour and five minutes to just completely kill, and you don't necessarily care what you do with uh, that time, then uh, yeah, you can uh, you can listen to that episode. But we got uh, enough positive encouragement off of that, a lot of nice emails and tweets about it. So uh, we're going to be doing another one. It will not be Roger back in the studio with us. Uh, we'll save who it is, but it's uh, it is a, another longtime fool, an all star. An all-star, an absolute all-star fool. Who, when you and I were talking, like, yeah, well, we should do another one, but just before the end of the year, maybe we'll talk holidays because we've, in the years past, we've talked about the holiday TV specials that come up, and and uh, we thought, well, if we're going to do a holiday episode, there's there's just one person we need to bring in the studio, and we immediately agreed, and then we proceeded to. Uh, not tell him for about a month or so. Yeah. But finally, finally told him last week. Like, oh, we've been talking about bringing you in the studio to do this, and he agreed immediately, which was great. What did you? What do you have to offer him? He's not. This 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 guy's in high demand. He is in high demand, and amazingly, I was prepared to offer him something, but I didn't have to, which was great because I I didn't have anything particularly great to offer him. But I just I thought maybe I could bribe him with some some coffee or something like that. But you know what you could offer him is a blue cypress and vetiver scented, scented candle. One of those words sounds completely made up. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Vetiver? Vetiver. V E T I V E R. Is there a description for what that is? No, I think it's a mystery candle. <sighs> you know what? I, I've been bashing the the drunken with power leadership at Mondelez in the Oreo division, and I think it might come in second place to whatever is happening at the leadership of Bath and Body Works. 
Uh, well, let me, before you close the books on that, another one is called, but first, coffee, exclamation point. Isn't that just a coffee-scented candle? We don't know yet, do we? <laughs> Again, people, go to the Bath and Body Works website, and if you've got $27 that you'd like to light on fire, any one of those candles can be yours. Bill Barker from Motley Fool Asset Management. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Drop us an email, marketfoolery at fool.com. You can send in your stock questions, or if you have suggestions for the holiday bonus episode of Market Foolery, marketfoolery at fool.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs>